Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. You know, we are involved in a phenomenal, monumental event, starting out in Seattle, but reaching out worldwide. I'm referring to One the Event. And I just want to say to everybody up front, go to onetheevent.org. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is for uh, all of us here that are part of this, we would love for you to find out how you can become personally involved, you know, the opportunities for you to attend if you can find your way to Seattle for you to attend in person. And if you cannot, there is going to be webcasts on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday, the as I call it, the epic event that's happening at in Seattle at the Seattle Center in Memorial Stadium. Uh, and you're going to hear lots about that. One of the folks that is participating, you know, front and center is joining me today, right now on air. I'm talking about, uh, Ocean Robbins, who is here, the grandson of Basking Robbins founder, Irvin Robbins, and the son of best-selling diet for a new author, a new America author and health and sustainable activist, John Robbins. Ocean is joining us here today because guess what? He has said yes. He has said yes to participating in this event, and he is somebody that understands what it means to get the people together, because just like me, he knew that at a very young age, you got to get people together and rally around for peace. As a matter of fact, he started doing that at seven years old. Now, fast forward, how he went through many, many of these, co-founder of Yes, and I'll give you that website, www.yesworld.com. Org, and uh, much more. He's joining us here today as a call to action to, to talk with us a bit about his involvement of One the Event, why this is certainly one of the most important, if ever, weekends that we have had to date. Ocean, thank you for joining us here today. There's so much more I could say about you, but I would love for you to say it yourself. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. So let's just take a little snapshot of of where we are today and, you know, get your perspective on the upcoming event. Uh, I know that you were contacted. I know you're excited to be part of this. What does this mean to you, this globalized, synchronized moment of love? But more importantly, what do you think of this visionary, this firefighter, Eric, putting his dream to the test, so to speak, and what was so important that you said yes so quickly? Well, I think that the events of September 11th of 2001 are forever etched in our national consciousness as a moment of profound significance. But like any tragedy, what it means depends a lot on what we do with it. So we have the choice to take it, as as many people have, uh, another call to armor ourselves, to protect ourselves from the violence of the world by building bigger walls within our own hearts and minds and between nations and between peoples. But we also have the opportunity to look at it as in the breakdown, in the devastation of that day, as a moment to step into another level of consciousness, as Albert Einstein said, you can't solve a problem on the level on which it was created. You have to rise above it to the next level. And we have so many great leaders down through history who have inspired us with their vision and their courage to tell us that, as Dr. King said, um, Dr. King spoke quite clearly when he said that 
you have no moral authority with those who can feel your underlying contempt. So mm. if we respond to the injustice and the violence of the world with our own underlying contempt, we are ourselves perpetuating the cycles of violence. But we do have an opportunity as we look at 10 years later, what have we learned since 9-11? And how has it changed us? And how is it possible even now to redefine that moment, not as just a call to arms, but as a call to the courage and love and peace of the human spirit? And I'm not saying that, that we just lay there and, and be destroyed by terrorism. I'm saying let's look at the root causes. Let's look at what's really going on here. And instead of just being defined ourselves by the violence we've faced, let's choose to live as we are, not in reaction to violence, but in our stand for peace. I mean, in any family system, when, it, when there's child abuse or any kind of violence someone endures, we know, therapists know very well, that if a person lives their whole life locked in reaction to that abuse, then they're still ruled by it. So how long are we going to keep being ruled by Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda and the threats of terrorism and fear? Or are we going to choose to stand above that, to be deepened by it in our national consciousness, to let our hearts and spirits be more connected, more aware of our vulnerability, and living from that place of humility, then can we find a deeper courage, not born of hubris and reaction, but born of love and commitment and the deep values that make America such a beautiful country down through the centuries. So yeah, I think this, this event real. represents a moment where we can stand for that. When we exactly. can redefine this, these 10 years and say yes to the possibilities, the highest aspirations of our nation and of the human spirit. I love this, and I love what you just said about this, because, you know, we are really bringing the collective together to do this. Uh, and to do this in a way that is, is, is so meaningful on the 10th anniversary, so to speak. Um, I grew up in New York, and so I, I, I understand the significance from, from this, from that point of view. But the, but this has become bigger than, let's say, um, New York specific for people like me. Isn't this truly a call to oneness here, Ocean? Well, I think it is, and, and, you know, it's one of those great spiritual principles that we are all one and we're also all distinct. We Consciousness takes shape in, in many forms, and so I think we both need to take individual action, to take responsibility for our lives, to recognize that every person is fundamentally accountable for the choices we make and the lives we live, and at the same time, we are interconnected. We are far more radically interconnected than most of us realize. And that interconnection is a source of tremendous beauty because don't a lot of us feel lonely in our heart of hearts? Don't a lot of us feel isolated? And I think that the connection with each other, the connection with perhaps even the whole earth community carries tremendous richness for those of us who want to not just survive, but who want to thrive. Because we are fundamentally individuals, but we're also fundamentally social creatures who thrive on interaction and connection. And our very survival depends upon one another. So a call to oneness to me is a call to recognize that we're all connected, that your liberation and my liberation are totally inseparable, and that if humanity is going to survive into the future with the preservation of modern culture and society, we must learn in an increasingly resource-depleted world with ever more people on this planet, we must learn how to cooperate. We must learn how to work together. 
Uh, an eye for an eye will only leave the whole world blind, as Mahatma Gandhi said. And we have more and more eyes, eyes being blinded in this world right now. And I think that the time is imperative for us to find another way of living and being on this earth. In a world with nuclear weapons and a resource consumption overshoot that places us on a collision course with systemic environmental collapse, the urgency is profound. But so, too, is the opportunity. What does the what does forgiveness mean to you, Ocean? I mean, there have been uh, the word forgiveness, by the way, has been one of the most talked about controversial uh, single words, pretty much uh, in our language, and uh, yet it's taken on new expansive meaning. What does this mean to you personally? Well, to me, forgiveness um, means first and foremost, it's we do it for ourselves. We don't do it for somebody else. I have no personal loyalty to think that Osama bin Laden deserves any great compassion from anybody uh, or all of the people who are still living who worked with him. But I do believe that my own integrity, my own spirit demands that I be free from hatred, that I be free from my own imprisonment in in vitriol and resentment and destructive energies. Those do not hurt anybody else but me. Mm. So personally, in my own interest in liberation and freedom, I want to manifest forgiveness, which is to say not that I will forget. Forgiveness and forgetfulness are totally different things. It's not to say that I will forget. It is to say that I will with on, the, the best way I can honor the victims of 9-11, the best way that I can honor all of the victims of violence down through the centuries is by standing for peace, is by working for another possibility. And I do believe in justice. I do believe in a just peace. I'm not interested in just kind of sugarcoating the status quo. I think that if we want real peace, we need to find a way of living in this world that is honoring and respectful of all people in this world and their self-determination and some way of coexisting. But I do believe that, that forgiveness is about the release of our own reactions, our own imprisonment in those reactions, and the choice to stand for something beautiful and sacred in the human spirit. And I think now is the time. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know what we were thinking by scheduling only a half hour with you, Ocean. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about love. Yes. How do you go from fear to love? How do you go from love, from resentment to love? Well, here's, here's a tip. Get this, everybody. Fear and love cannot coexist. Resentment and love cannot coexist. The the ball is in our court right now. It's up to us to make a choice. When we come back, we'll be talking with this this amazing individual who is actually has a huge, 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 huge part in the upcoming event, won the event. When we come back, we'll talk about what Ocean Robbins is going to be doing. We'll talk about love, and we'll talk about you, how you can help us get the word out. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. 
Get inspired. Create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker, Sue London. Sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives. People feel hope, courage, and are ready to move forward after hearing Sue speak. Book motivational speaker Sue London for your next event at AskSueLondon.com. That's AskSueLondon.com. None of us enter a marriage with the goal of leaving it. Divorce and separation is heartbreaking. Disappointment, despair, loss of identity, and fear are normal, even if the divorce is amicable. It is possible to divorce or separate with dignity and respect. SoulWorks Coaching empowers you to go through a divorce with soul. You come to see the possibilities being created for you. You get to step out of your marriage and into a new relationship with yourself and your life. Contact them today at 617-328-7113 or by email at coachmonique at verizon.net and visit their website, soulworkscoaching.com. Give yourself this gift. Hey, Mary, I haven't seen you in so long. You look so different. What happened to your glasses? Did you have surgery? Whoa, I never noticed how blue your eyes are. No, I didn't have surgery, and I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I searched the Internet, and I found a website. It's called BetterEyesightNow.com. It is the best thing I have ever done. There's a program called Regaining Your Vision Naturally. And, oh, by the way, it helps reduce stress. You should check it out. And you might be able to get rid of your glasses. Go to BetterEyesightNow.com. Feeling ill? See Dr. Phil. That's Dr. Phil Cogler at Wellness One of Eastgate. If you're suffering from pain caused by an auto accident, a sports injury, or a herniated disc of the back or neck, or if fatigue due to stress is robbing you of your energy and vitality, you need to talk to Dr. Phil, a chiropractor who cares. The website is eastgate.wellnessone.net. Don't let another day go by in pain. If you're feeling ill, see Dr. Phil. Go to eastgate.wellnessone.net. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thank you so much for tuning us in, turning us on. Please go to drpatlive.com or transformationtalkradio.com. I want to give a shout-out to all of our networks listening, uh, tuning us in, getting the message out there today. Everyone from coast to coast, we want to thank you all very much. KKNW AM 1150 and out on the East Coast, 
uh, our friends of Transformation Talk Radio, WBLQ 1230, and all of the other networks and cable radio networks in between. Thank you for helping us out uh, and doing what you do so well. Uh, Ocean Robbins joining us here today. Ocean, thank you so much. It's so great to have you here. We're certainly going to hear a lot more about you. Before we get started and talk about the event, please let folks know how they can find out more about you, more about the work you're doing. Well, go to OceanRobbins.com if you want to learn about my work, and you can sign up for my email list and get a free copy of The Power of Partnership, which is a mini book I've written about building healing bridges across historic divides. For the last 20 years, I've been building bridges across divides like race, class, gender, power, religion, and nationality with diverse change makers in 65 countries. And I've had a few adventures along the way, and I figured some of these stories needed to be told. So I put that together, and people can get a free copy and, and learn more about what I'm up to at OceanRobbins.com. And I'm so excited to be a part of one of the events that's coming up in Seattle for those listeners who are in the Seattle area um, the weekend leading up to 9-11. It's going to be an incredible moment. Um, and I'm, I have to say that we, we get to decide how we define this moment in history. We get to decide whether this moment is just a tragedy or it also becomes an opportunity. Mm. Some, kind of, some kind of moment that links, links us together as a people and maybe even as a human people. Because America was more united after September 11, 2001 than it's probably been at any, any time in my lifetime. And yet what happened with that unity was that our president told us to go shopping and then put so much of the reaction to the events of 9-11 into war and militarism such that our national military budget has doubled since that time. And I think it's bankrupting our country. Mm. So we are being still destroyed in certain ways. We're still reeling under the impacts of Osama bin Laden and the events of 9-11. When you hear about budgetary arguments in the Capitol, you're hearing about a crisis that was profoundly precipitated by trillions of dollars in additional war spending. And so we now get to decide afresh, what do we make of the meaning of that day and the events of that day? And more than what that day means, it's what is our response to that day? Because like any tragedy, our response is what defines us as a people. Every life goes through its share of hardships and devastation. We all have more than enough reason to give up faith in humanity. But somehow, some reason, love is alive in our hearts, and many of us keep choosing love and hope and possibility, despite all the reasons why we could just give up. And that is what inspires me to no end. I've worked with leaders in over 65 countries, and some of my greatest heroes are people who have lived through war, who have lived through tragedy and trauma, and yet come out the other side, not unimpacted, but somehow deepened in their resolve to work for peace, to work for love, to work for another possibility. We all get to do that as we face the times of economic hardship and struggle that this country is going through right now. Each of us gets to decide how do we respond to it. And can we pull some lesson, some strength, some possibility from right out of the heart of the violence and struggle we face? 
these are questions which really ask us to step up and be accountable. You know, my friend uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote the Four Agreements and, of course, the Fifth, you know, talks about uh, accountability uh, and, you know, the things that we can do. You know, how do you see this, one, the event, as giving people an enormous opportunity to say yes and get involved, perhaps Ocean, in a way that they've not really had before? I mean, isn't there pretty much something for everyone here? Oh, there is. There are tons of resources. And, and the reality is when you think about something as broad as peace or as broad as oneness, I mean, it, it's pretty, pretty much anything can fit into that, anything good and useful. Anything that helps us move forward to say yes to life, to say yes to possibility, to say yes to the dignity and the beauty and the courage of the human spirit. This is a moment when we are called to bring forth the best of who we are, to bring forth our brilliance and our creativity and our courage. And one, the event is really, I think, a service to our communities to help us do that. It's an extraordinarily large toolbox with speakers and workshops and resources to look at from a whole system's perspective, what can we do as human beings of conscience who want to live into a brighter future for ourselves, for our nation, for our whole Earth community? What can we do? It's very proactive and forward-looking, and, and that's why I'm excited to be coming to Seattle and participating. I love this, and I love, you know, so much of what seems to be coming together for so many people. You know, as we, as we look at the world and we look at the, the, the changes that each of us get to make, and certainly what you, you've just shared with everyone, um, you know, there is an opportunity for people to find out what you're going to be saying here and what you're going to be doing. You know, tell folks a little bit about what the message is, how, the, how you're going to present this to folks. Well, my passion is about authenticity. It's about means-to-ends consistency or Mahatma Gandhi's statement that we must be the change we wish to see in the world. See, I don't think that social change is just about big marches and rallies and what happens on the outside and in the public square. I think social change actually starts with who we are, how we show up with our families and our most intimate and personal lives. And that when we live a life that is meaningful, that is purposeful, that is passionate, then as we step into the world, as we engage with the affairs of humanity, we do so from that foundation. And we're much less likely to be knocked off center and whipped about by the winds of change. We're much more likely to know who we are so that even if we do endure some blows and some conflict, we know who we are, we know where we're coming from. We know the integrity of our own beings, and we can live from that place. So I'm interested in what does it mean to really live with integrity to the best of our abilities, knowing that no one is perfect, that we all make tons of mistakes along the way, but that those are also opportunities to learn and grow. And so I've been working with activists and change makers for the last couple of decades, helping them to become more resonant all through and through, to have the support to deepen their root system, to build community so that we can be stands for love in our lives and be sustainable as we work for sustainability so that we stop having peace activists who get so mad they hit people over the head with their peace signs and social justice activists who get caught up in internal power struggles within their organizations and want to tear each other to shreds. We see this happen rampantly in the world, and yet I think something else is possible. I'm also interested in what I might call the post-narcissism of personal growth, 
We've got so many people who are working on themselves, who are trying to live in a good way and be happy and be fulfilled, and maybe they're in therapy or maybe they're reading self-help books or maybe they're in other ways engaged and trying to be full, be, live in a good way, do yoga, whatever it might be. And then it kind of stops right about their own navel. And I'm interested in how we can take those values of peace and sustainability and wellness and live them into the world. So I think we really need congruency between our values and our actions. And personally, I'm living that very directly because uh, as well as being a longtime social change maker and activist, I'm also a father of special needs twins. They're on the autism spectrum. And we're learning, our family is learning every day about unconditional love, about what it means to accept these beautiful people, precious and adorable, just the way they are, to help them, of course, to grow and become what they can be, but also to realize that they have a unique set of challenges and circumstances that no one else can ever really understand. And so things that are easy for me are incredibly hard for them. And if I don't see that, then I can resent them or judge them for not doing what I think should be simple. And I think maybe even that they have ill will or they're being mean to make my life difficult when actually they're just struggling with things, struggles that I can't imagine. And you know what that says to me? It says to me that lots of people will have struggles I can't imagine, challenges that I can't imagine. And so much of the violence and what we might say foolishness that we witness in the world, the greed and avarice and destruction that we witness, might actually be coming because people deep down feel wounded, feel scared, feel hurting inside. And so if we can start to relate to people through recognizing that this may be more of a call for help than a threat inherently, then we see people through totally different eyes. And when we see through that eyes, it changes our whole worldview. So, So my kids are teaching me about unconditional love and about respect for difference in a way that I don't think I could have gotten it any other way. Wow. Ocean, thank you so much, everyone. Ocean, thank you for joining us today. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Oh, my